0: biggest thing Marine Corps did for me was to be the guy that's always on time you know my first job out of the Marine Corps was climbing in attics and under houses doing HVAC work flash forward where I am now we run five companies I have four bestseller books two top podcasts in the world with success champions and the new one growth mode and we just help small business owners grow and scale their businesses through networking and badass collaboration being an entrepreneur is not normal because nobody in their right mind is going to sign up to get punched in the face, beat down mentally, almost lose everything, and wake up and go, fuck, let's do that again. Over and over and over until you figure out how to make it work.
1: Welcome to Coffee with Romina. This is your host, Romina Muhammad, award winning leader, negotiation and sales expert, and your new favorite podcaster. Each week, we bring you inspiring stories from extraordinary people of diverse industries, sharing practical advice and tips on how to overcome career and personal obstacles. Define your own success and take charge of your own destination. Thank you for spending time with us today. Now let the show begin. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome back to Coffee with Romina podcast. I hope you guys are having a tremendous and fabulous and a happy Tuesday or whatever day of the week you are listening to this podcast on. First and foremost, thank you so much for trusting me with your time and tuning into our show. Second point I want to make is a quick reminder, actually, to go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you are getting your podcast juice from. And as you probably listened on the intro of the episode, today, actually, we are going to talk about literally taking your business from zero to 100. How else we can do that without focusing on sales, right? Sales is absolutely very important. So Donnie is today's guest. I'm super duper excited. He is the CEO of Success Champions. They actually, as a matter of fact, you guys do have a conference going on in Arlington, Texas this week week. Yep, you heard me right, this week, going on from the 23rd to the 25th. I will link everything on the show notes, so make sure to go ahead and look at the tickets, you guys. Definitely be there. It's an amazing, amazing event, something you should definitely not miss out. And as you can tell from the intro, Danny's pretty straightforward, which I'm super excited about this type of episode. He's definitely my kind of people, very straight to the point, and very sales-focused. A main thing that I want to say for the episode, you guys, is this is one of those episodes that is going to build a tough skin in sales. And entrepreneurship. So, if you do run a business or whatever industry you're a part of, sales is absolutely very important. I mean, that's number one revenue bringer, right? And this is what we focus on this episode, as well as entrepreneurship. For those that maybe want to start a side hustle, for those that maybe do have a business or thinking about launching a business, this episode is going to be the real and raw of what's behind the scenes of running a business. And Donnie has done a phenomenal job with it. So, I don't want to lose any more time. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button, you guys. Go ahead and connect with Donnie. Purchase a ticket for the Badass Business Summit going on in Arlington, Texas, September 23rd to the 25th. And let's get right to the show. Enjoy. Hey, Donnie, how are you today?
0: I'm freaking amazing, girl. I'm excited to hang out with you. You're such a blast to talk to. and I've really just enjoyed getting to know you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Way to start the interview, right? Like
0: <laughs> talking good about me. This is
1: already going to be an amazing episode, you guys. <laughs>
0: well, I've done this once or twice. And I know if you butter up the podcast host, it turns into a great conversation. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good tactic.
0: <laughs>
1: well, um, I want to pass on the mic to you. Tell us a little bit about how did you go uh, having the career that you have right now? Do a quick, like a 60 second recap for everybody.
0: Yeah. So 20 year sales guy got tired of making everybody else wealthy, jumped out, launched success champions in 2017. Fell flat on my face out the gate because I didn't know how to be a business owner. Found podcasting that turned everything around and flash forward where I am now. We run five companies. I have four bestseller books, two top podcasts in the world with success champions and the new one growth mode. And we just help small business owners grow and scale their businesses through networking and badass collaboration
1: amazing. And how long you've been doing that for?
0: We so we launched in September of 2017, so we're three and a half coming up on 4 years. Okay. That's crazy.
1: That, <laughs> I mean, time flies, honestly. Sometimes when you look at it, you're like, holy smokes, we're in 2021 already. <laughs> but I love you already cuz sales, of course, and right. it's all about networking, but before you even got into that, you were also in the military. So, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you a little bit about military. What did you do exactly? And what branch so- of military?
0: I was in the only branch that mattered, the Marine Corps. Wow. <laughs> Your listeners are going to love that. All the veterans are going to love that.
1: I mean, all the Marines say that, though. Yeah, is- that's
0: for sure. for sure. You know how you know that somebody's a Marine? They'll tell you in the first five seconds of talking to them. But I was a 35, 21, 22 motor team mechanic. So I tell everybody I'm a government trained mechanic, which means I don't know shit about turning wrenches. I don't even turn, you know, change my own oil in my own trucks. Marine Corps was one of those things that my older brother went into it. Mm-hmm. And... I was a jerk through most of high school. You know, most of my teachers, I mean, I had a lot of them tell me that we're we're passing you on just so we don't get you back next year. Um, That
1: sounds like my dad.
0: (laughs) So, you know, I was heading down some pretty bad places. I don't know if I'd ever end up in prison or anything, but I definitely wasn't heading to a, a highlight reel of a life. So I, you know, followed my brother's footsteps and went in the Marine Corps which is a, was a really interesting move for me because I've always been a guy with kind of a chip on my shoulder and I didn't I still to this day don't like being told what to do and now I'm in the toughest organization in the world where all they do is tell you what to do and you know how to stand how to eat how to do everything um and it was a really really wild rude awakening for me but would be remiss to say I loved my time in the marine corps it was tough you know I I was not The guy that would follow the rules, and I think a lot of people would agree with themselves if they were honest. that They weren't the best of the best, you know, going through But I don't regret going through. I have other regrets in life, because anybody who says they don't have regrets in life is fucking lying. But I definitely don't regret doing the Marine Corps, but I tell everybody, if they looked at me and said, you got to do another four years, I would tell them to fuck off.
1: (laughs) Would you... Would you say, though, that disciplined you because you were a troubled child? You had too much energy, but I feel like you were using the energy in the wrong places. (laughs) So (laughs) You know,
0: I I, I think it helped me grow up quite a bit. Yeah. You know, but all the military branches take all the guys and gals that are rough around the edges – You know, we all have problems of some sort. We all have a chip on our shoulder and you slap them all together, all nationalities, all races, all 50 states, all slammed into, you know, one room and are told to figure it out. It's it's a awesome, awesome place to learn how to integrate with multiple personalities and cultures and everything else. So that helped me grow up a lot. And I I think I could potentially attribute some of the things I've done in my life from the Marine Corps, but I think I got a lot more of the stuff that I have from mom and dad, you know, of a a hard work ethic, you know, I've got a blue collar farm style upbringing. And I think probably the biggest thing Marine Corps did for me was to be the guy that's always on time, you know, um, which is
1: important in the business world. Yeah.
0: For sure. And it it pisses me off when other people show up late, because now I feel like they're wasting my time. But, you know, in the Marine Corps, if if you're not 10 hours early for something, you're late, you know, (laughs) because the phrase goes, hurry up and wait. But, you know, I, you know, as as being a veteran, it means jack shit in the corporate America space. People love that you serve your country, they're honored by it, but as far as trying to get you anywhere, it means absolutely nothing, especially when you first get out, because you just don't have the corporate experience to climb the ladder. So, you know, I like most smart veterans, instead of leading with we're a veteran, we went and got bottom tier jobs, worked our asses off. You know, my first job by the Marine Corps was climbing in attics and under houses doing HVAC work. It was absolutely miserable. And I was getting ready to quit. And the day I was going to quit, Jerry, who was my boss, is like, you're about to quit, aren't you? I'm like, oh, yeah, this sucks. He goes, before you do, I want you to try something for me. And I said, what's that? And he goes, sales. Mm-hmm. I said, what the hell is sales? He goes, I'm going to hand you a bunch An of brochures. World. <laughs> yeah, but he literally, he's like, I'm going to hand you a whole bunch of brochures. Yeah. Go down that road, to the houses, knock on doors, see if somebody let us come look at their air conditioning units. I'm like,
1: oh, so you did door to door knocks?
0: Yeah, yeah, and amazing. I, and I, and I, well, I looked at him and I said, wait, I don't want to climb in attics and under houses. Anything goes? Nope, just get us in. I'm like, I'll do that all day long. He goes, but I'm not paying you unless we put a new unit in somebody's house. I'm like, okay, fine. Let me go figure it out. I had, you know, some money saved up so I could buy myself time, and we grew that company from three hundred thousand to three million in about a year and a half.
1: That's amazing, and I and I love that you touched it because I've worked door to door sales, and I'm a five three short girl with an accent <laughs> coming to your door. You have those instant seconds to like make a first impact. But uh, I do kind of want to relate this to business development, and actually, if you're running as an entrepreneur, do you think you'd be as successful as you are right now if you didn't do that door to door that cold knock sales?
0: That's a great question. I you know I think. I learned how to connect with people in a very hot minute because what I found going door-to-door 22 years old, you know, it was you knock on somebody's door, they'd look at you and be like, ah, shit, here it is, right? And they didn't want to slam the door. So I learned really, really quick that if I could find a way to connect with somebody, we'd get to a conversation. So my move became really quickly is, wait, before you close the door, I'm sorry. But it's 100 degrees out here. And I'm hot. Can I just get a glass of water? That's all I want. And you'll be amazed at how quickly somebody would say, well, yeah, hold on. Let me get you a glass of water because you weren't trying to sell them anything. Yeah. And then as they came back, you sat to drink a glass of water and go, did anybody ask you about your H- HVAC? And they would laugh. And they're like, no. I'm like, can – we talk for two seconds about it. You can tell me to kiss off. I'll give you a glass back. And they would laugh. And as long as you got them laughing, you would have a real conversation. And a lot of times I tell you, dude, everything's great. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm like, cool. You know, on us, we let one of our technicians just come look at it. If they don't find yeah. anything wrong, nothing wrong. And if they do, they do. And so I think that ability to help put down somebody else's guard so you can get into an adult conversation is an amazing tool but if you drink that much water at every house, you're gonna pee a lot, just so you know.
1: <laughs> stay hydrated, but right.
0: uh, has the filter. Absolutely. So but but yeah, I think you know, as far as being able to quickly get in and find that connection with somebody else or you know, pattern interrupt the world that they're used to so they'll have a real conversation came from door knocking.
1: So whenever you're working sales, because there's different type of sales, like Mm -hmm. there is, at least myself, I work car sales, inside sales, door to door sales, but I feel like the door to door sales build that tough skin a little bit more because in sales, if you get told no, people freak out, which I'm like, no means not yet, or three no's means yes, like you just build that. But what would you say if it was like one biggest thing that you learned from door to door? Because you can hide through your phone or through the technology if you're doing sales via Zoom, via phone, or if you can be like, let me talk to the manager and leave the scene for a moment. But there you're like right there. What did you yeah, say was your biggest learning from that?
0: That if you can sit down and get to a conversation, life is good. You know, if you can get to a point to where you're sitting and door to door sales, it's all about getting to the kitchen table. Yeah. You know, if you can get to the kitchen table, life gets really simple.
1: Do you have any like crazy stories that you got experience from a cool customer? Because um, I have I've got so stories many that fun. I want to share
0: I share online. That for sure. <laughs>
1: okay, let's give <skip> that one.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I have. I think you just find. I mean, there there was a lady that you know when she opened the door, she only opened it a crack. You know, I, I asked for the glass of water, and she goes, "I really can't do that because my dishes are so dirty." I said, you're only peeking through. Is there anything I can help with? And she she sighed and defeated and she opened her door and she was hoarding. I mean, this place was horrible. And she had kids and everything else. And I said, can I help you find some help? And she goes, nobody's ever asked that. And so we called the local police department to do a wellness check. They came in. She was very cooperative. I don't know where her life ended up, but I know before the city and government stepped in and everything else, she she looked at me in tears and just said, thank you. You know, she, life had just got to overwhelm for her. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that was just a kind of a, a cool thing that... You wouldn't expect to happen. Another call, I'm walking out and a little tiny puppy dog came running up to me. Um, it was mangled, you know, not mang- its hair was all matted and dirty and gross. And it was obviously malnutrition. So I brought it in the truck with me, took it to the boss's wife. She ran it up to a vet, got it shaved down bald because she was so matted. And she weighed like a pound you know, and when we got back to the house, one of my buddies goes, dude, that is one raggedy ass looking dog. And she was my dog for 14, 15 years. And that was her name was raggedy ass. And we just called her rags.
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so cool. Damn dog.
1: Let me, uh, Donnie, let me ask you this though. Do you think everybody can be a good salesperson or is it a you're I don't either. Born? No, or...
0: I don't think it's born. I, I, I think it's something you got to learn. And, I, and I think the only reason people suck at sales in general, because, you know, I've sold millions upon millions of dollars, especially once I got in the big B two B commercial sales, and, and you know, all the way up to sales training, um, selling to Fortune fives and whatnot. But I, I, I think it's a learned skill. I think people screw up sales because they're too self conscious. They're really worried about what the other person thinks that they're sitting across from. And that shouldn't matter. But it's ingrained in us from school, from everything. People are still living life like we're back in high school and there's some sort of popularity contest. And, you know, the moment you worry about what somebody else thinks, they own you. They control your life. And the quicker you can get to a point of just not giving a shit, it's not about being an ass. It's not about being rude and crude. It's about understanding their opinion just doesn't matter. And the quicker people can get there, the better.
1: So I have three rules that I go by, uh, which my mom thinks I'll come out a little harsh, but it kind of relates to that. It's if you're not improving my life, my emotional, like emotionally, if you're not improving my career or my money, your opinion doesn't matter because that's the rule that I run by. As harsh as that sounds, sometimes we have to. But it's not harsh. It's how it should be. Yeah, but we have to filtrate because everybody has opinion. You cannot stop people from having opinions, but we have to filtrate what we let in and what we don't let in. But I also want to ask you, how does somebody start getting humble and start getting okay with rejections and you know accepting that they fail too and not necessarily feel like they're a loser if they fail at X, Y, or Z? Well,
0: for me, I learned it in St. Louis the most. Um, and the reason being is there was an older gal that I worked with and she was getting ready to retire. And at her retirement, I said, I bet you're going and and, to... I really thought we were great friends. I thought, you know, we were going to hang out and stay in touch. And when she retired, I said, you know, I bet you're going to miss me a ton. And she goes, I hope I never think about you again. And she's like, once I leave this business world, I'm not thinking about anybody. I'm out. I'm done. No more corporate America for me. I'm, I'm retired. I don't care to think about anybody. And it was an instant awareness for me that people put on a front on a regular basis. Um, they People want you to believe that they care about you, think about you. And I'm not saying people don't. I mean, there are people that absolutely care about you. But but most people don't give a shit about you. They really, truly don't at the end of the day. I, I think once you understand that People aren't thinking about you, they're spending more time thinking about what you think about them. That the quicker you understand that the better. But to get numb to what other people think, go get punched in the face a lot and do it again and again. And I don't mean physically get punched in the face. Yeah. I mean go collect no's like it's nobody's business. Go collect rejections. You know, when we were selling up in the franchise game. We, we would go to the bar and go, okay, let's see how many no's we can get. We'd go talk to women and everything else and see how many times we get turned down. And it just became a game because if you can get turned down in a bar from buying a gallon of drink or getting a gnome or whatever else, it got really, really simple to do it in a business meeting. Well, shit, I got told four times on Friday night, you know, what's this dude or gal that I'm talking to now? What's their no matter, you know? And I think once you create ways to purposely go get a no, you're going to be surprised by how often you get a yes. But I
1: also feel like people need to learn how to say no too because sometimes people don't know how to say no when it comes to their personal life and that's how we overwhelm and burn ourselves personally and we can't even perform in there. our career. How can there. how can we build the courage to you, to say no also
0: quit worrying about the feelings of others. And I'm once again I'm not saying be an ass. Yeah. But, you know, what's the rule do unto others or they have them do unto you you know but at the end of the day you don't like it when somebody drags your ass on you don't like it when somebody commits to doing something and they don't have the bandwidth to pull it off don't be that jackass to somebody else
1: okay let's talk a little bit about success champion networking how did that even get started
0: you know, um, as a sales guy, you know, my last career was with an organization called Sandler Training, and I was supposedly one of the top sales trainers in the country. I don't even know what that means, other than I'm good at flapping my gums in front of a room.
1: I feel like it means you're always going to make good money, but never get promoted to management.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. That's a great explanation, you know. But we built that to a multi-million dollar business, and I did a lot of that through traditional sales and networking. but. Back then, most of the networking that I was looking for, you know, it just didn't work. You, you know, you had organizations like the BNI, Rotaries, the Chambers, and there's nothing wrong with those organizations. They just play too small, and you get into rooms with people that aren't really trying to go big in business. So, what I, do you consider
1: small? Let's clarify that a little bit. Yeah.
0: You know, so there. So you know, you get a lot of groups filled with salespeople. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with salespeople, but salespeople don't talk to business owners and business owners talk to business owners. So when you're sitting in a room with a bunch of salespeople, then you're not going to get the introductions to the, I mean, when I, when I first got into networking of any sort, I was selling commercial printing and, you know, my average deal in commercial printing was, you know, six figures plus when I would be in these meetings, people were like, Hey, can you do my business cards? Which was like a $50, you know, order most times people that need 50, you know, 500 business cards for 50 bucks aren't going to be hanging out with people that need half a million dollars million dollars worth of printing. So I just kept finding myself trying to go to these organizations to get into these big conversations and and they weren't there. So I started forming my own groups back then, and I would go around and find the one or two people that were going after bigger businesses, understood the power of opening doors for others, and we created some amazing groups. But when I launched Success Champions, I kind of left that world behind because it was going to be networking at a different level because I needed to get to people who were bringing in speakers in. I needed to get to people that were... Hiring for different roles and, and realms uh, to bring in consulting and coaching and whatnot. So um, I left all that world behind and I started doing more big level networking of personal reach outs and, and you know, and the likes. So the Badass Business Summit was slated to happen in uh, April of twenty. And, you know, I'd rented out a convention center. I had sold out the place. I had speakers coming in from around the world. I had guests coming from around the world and, you know, pandemic hit. Of course, we couldn't have the Badass Business Summit. So we postponed it till September of 20. And we had to meet, you know, health regulations and whatnot. And we reduced our our attendance size, but we still had the event. It was amazing, Mm -hmm. great results. And, you know, we're doing it again this year. But when they told us we had to postpone the Badass Business Summit, Um, I looked at my team and said, guys, the whole world's fixing to go online. If we can't do this event here, the whole world's going online. And I looked at everybody and I said, you know, hey, we've been doing business at that point. Um, online for two and a half years, you know, we know how to do this, but a lot of people are going to have no clue. We need to find a way to help as many small business owners as we possibly can. So, when that night, 3 30 in the morning, I bolt out of bed going, Oh my God, I know how to, you know, help as many small business owners as possible. You
1: had one of those moments. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you know how it is as a business owner? And I jumped so much out of bed that I scared the hell out of my wife. <laughs> And she's like, "What the hell's the matter?" I'm like, "I've got an idea." And she's like, "Well, write that shit down and roll over, would you?" <laughs> you know. So um, I put all the idea together. I emailed the team, and seven days later, we launched Success Champions Networking, and we set out to fix everything that people hate about networking because a traditional networking meeting, you know, is you show up there's 30 people, they all bore the hell out of you with their stupid 30, 60 second commercials with some dumb jingle at the end. Somebody gives up and gives a boring ass presentation that you don't care about. And then they manufacture a whole bunch of made up referrals and numbers and everything else at the end. And you do that 52 times a year, right? And it's just boring and over and over again. Well, we flipped the script and, and I truly think we fixed everything. So, you know, like with Success Champions Network, there's literally all of our meetings are virtual. So I hated commuting. If I had to get in my truck and go anywhere, dude, I lost half a day, an hour drive there, hour meeting, hour drive back. And God forbid you want to mingle because now you're two hour meeting and now an hour drive back. So you were out three to four hours just going to have a cup of coffee. I hated all the boring 60 second commercials that just wear you out. Um, So we reduced it down to, look, once I know you're a consultant, once I know you sell insurance, I don't need to know all the details of it. So your introduction is, I sell X insurance. I need to meet so-and-so. You know, I need to meet John Brown, CEO of X. Then the 10-minute presentations that bored the hell out of everybody, because all people did was share their company stories and all that crap. We change it up and we do four different meeting styles. So one meeting style, we're going to do round tables. Another meeting style, we're going to do nothing but one-on-ones. Virtual coffees, one-on-one with somebody. Third meeting style, a guest or oh, a member is going to come in and teach the group something. Fourth meeting styles, we have an approved speaker list that goes out and trains all uh, different things. In addition, to all that, I love, you know, when when I was a member of BNI, which is a great organization, especially if people just need to learn how to network, great place to start. Yeah. But when I was in BNI, as long as I was part of a BNI chapter, I couldn't be belong to anything else. You know, you weren't allowed to go and do So non competitive. Yeah. If you're using networking as a tool to grow your business. You've got to be in it, you know, in the community and networking your ass off. So what we did to make sure people could go network anywhere is I don't care where you're connected to, where you're networking, if you're on the chamber, of rotary being, I don't care where you go network. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's amazing. But in addition to that, I need people to make sure they're opening doors. So every Thursday at ten uh, a.m. Central, I come in and teach all the sales and business development that I've done for years. And all the members from all the train the chapters, they come together and we do training and workshops. So now you're networking with the entire nation. So it's it's been fun to put together.
1: But you also almost lost everything. Mm-hmm. What? Where did you mess up there? What happened?
0: So. In back in 2017, when I launched the business, you know, I, I was literally, so I was 40 years old when I launched success champions and you know, up all that time, I'd been a sales guy. I'd never been a business owner. So, so when so I yeah, launched it's very
1: different, no, oh,
0: it's such a shift. And the only idea I had of really being a CEO of a company
1: mm-hmm.
0: was they were the guys behind the scenes doing paperwork and and operational crap and everything else. They weren't often the guys out front. So when I launched Success Champions, I thought, okay, go sell a deal and then do the CEO work, which is the operationals, the accounting and all that. So I found myself so far in the back end of my own business that I wasn't out growing it and everything else. So-
1: You're wearing too many hats.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, six months in, I looked at my wife and said, babe, we're about to lose everything we had. And, you know, that was a tough conversation because, you know, when I launched the company and I walked away from almost a seven figure income and all that, um, I told her, I said, this is going to work. And she said it better. <laughs> you know, when we started getting after it and and it wasn't working and for me to have to stand there and look at her, and say, babe, this is all falling apart. That was tough. And she said the most smartest thing she could have said to me at that point. She said, Donnie, get off your ass and go sell something. And it was was a masterful move on her part that I've thanked her for a billion times because it reminded me really quick that, dude, you got one thing that you're amazing at, and that's be the guy out front. Go sell, communicate, get in front of people and build the business. So then I had to figure out you know, how to be a business owner, how to be a CEO, and that's where podcasting came in to save it all.
1: So before we jump into a little bit about podcasting, correlating that with the business, I actually want to focus also on the relationship, what it's like to be married to an entrepreneur, that <laughs> you like, your brain is running nonstop, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners also are in a relationship where sometimes their partner doesn't understand our entrepreneurship spirit, because I feel like we're the weirdos that like we need to be with other entrepreneurs to be understood. But what is that like, or what would you say to their partner so it can help on the relationship so it doesn't burn either?
0: So my buddy, Mike Michalowicz, we've come, f- became friends because of podcasting. He wrote the book, Profit First, Clockwork Orange, and, uh, and just amazing number of bestsellers. But we were interviewing him for my magazine, described it this way, and I've just used it forever. Being married to an entrepreneur is like being in the passenger seat of a car going well over a hundred miles an hour. There's no seatbelts and no steering wheel. You know, and you're just holding on for the ride because, and here's the thing, being an entrepreneur is not normal because nobody in their right mind is going to sign up to get punched in the face, beat down mentally, almost lose everything and wake up and go, fuck, let's do that again over and over and over until you figure out how to make it work. You know, so the biggest thing That I would tell everybody is with your spouse, your loved ones, whatever. To make life easier on the relationship, only share the good stuff. What do you
1: share the best stuff with, though?
0: uh, You need to go find other entrepreneurs, other badasses that are doing amazing things like you are. And then go, don't get into a bitch and moan fest. But let your frustrations out because they'll have empathy for you. They'll probably also give you advice in that moment of what they've done to get through that moment. So here's a great example. I have one of the, I mean, I've I've got a, a freaking Brady Bunch family, right? You know, we've always been close and always had a good time. And I wanted them to be part of my company because I wanted their support, their love, and everything else. So, but when I first started a business, I would share the struggles and then i get so frustrated because they would try and give me advice they try and help out and try and and you know tell me things i could do for the business and it came from a place of love it just had no context because they nobody in my family had ever been a business owner nobody had ever been an entrepreneur so their advice although meaning well wasn't, wasn't valid yeah it, it just didn't help and i kept getting frustrated because i wanted to relieve some of the mental game that I was going through, the struggles and things. And in the past, everything in my life, I could tell the family and we'd laugh, we would joke, you know, and we'd get through it. But as a business owner, there wasn't a moment to get through it because there wasn't solutions there wasn't answers. And so what I learned really, really quick that I could still have them part of everything I do if they could celebrate with me. So if I landed a new client, I could tell mom and dad or my wife, hey, I got a new client, right? Now they could go, yes, they could celebrate with me. You know, if the podcast hit a new level or a new peer, you know, I could tell them they could celebrate with me. The magazine took off, you know. So I learned that if people around people who aren't entrepreneurs, business owners, and the like, if you only share the good stuff then they can still be a part of it and celebrate with you without trying to give the advice side of things. Because that's where things start getting wonky because they want to help. It's just not always the greatest advice. And I'm not saying you can't get advice from people who haven't been business owners, but you typically want to get advice from people who have already accomplished what mm-hmm. you want to do so they can help you get there. So, so try it. And and I think a lot of people will will find a lot of success with it.
1: No, but that's very true though, because I grew up with my parents running their business their whole life. Like I grew up with entrepreneurs in my life. Mm. So my dad had his own company, my mom had her own company, they worked together, I grew up working for them, because Albanian, you know, why not start working, like 13 <laughs> years old. So even though they come from an entrepreneurship world, sometimes because the times are different, it's a different country, it's a different method, everything is different. So even you have to also be selective too from what business owners, you know, you're taking the advice from, but yeah, you absolutely. You did mention the podcast also. Let's talk a little bit about it because your podcast is rocking and rolling. It is on the top charts. First off, how many people are behind the scenes? Let's just get that clear (laughs) out of the way because I feel like people don't understand how much work goes behind a podcast.
0: Uh, The first podcast, Success Champions, there's a team of four behind that one Mm -hmm. um, to get that one rocking. But Growth Mode, our newest one that is just Blowing up, and we're having a lot of fun with. There's 15 people working behind the scenes to make that podcast work. So we have videographers, video engineers, we have SEO people, audio engineers, we have graphic designers, we have writers, we have SEO specialists. You know, we have a massive group of people that we're coordinating, um, utilizing a couple programs to make it all work. And the reason we have such a large team is I've learned over the years that you don't hire jack-of-all-trades, you hire specialists. So a lot of people want to hire a social media person. Mm-hmm. which is For me, it's just a bad play because anytime I've hired just a social media specialist, they may know one platform or two platforms very, very well, but they don't know them all. I learned that if you hire somebody to that just geeks out
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the crap you suck at, then life gets really, really simple in business because now you're just coordinating somebody and letting them do what they do very, very, very well. With growth mode, you know, we set out to help small business owners get through the tough times, you know, to do the things that we've been able to accomplish running five companies now. And Help them actually grow and scale, but do it in in a unique way that I don't think anybody else in the marketplace is doing. So we've got an extrovert me and introvert Kevin, and two of us are sitting down and we're debating all things sales from an extrovert introvert you know standpoint. We're debating all things business development. We're debating all things you know scaling and growing your business. And I make fun of Kevin on a regular basis, and we laugh a lot.
1: (laughs) That's when you know it's a good relationship, right? (laughs) Yeah, for
0: sure, for sure. And if he was sitting here, he'd tell you, and I make fun donnie right back and forth but kevin's also the director of operations for success champions he runs his own very successful company you know with everything we're doing and you know without kevin my company would not be where they are he's allowed me to free up the time to go out and do the things i'm really good at and you know the show continues to take off and i and i think it's The the feedback is, well, hell, you even said it when, when I came on here, the episode about finding better circles, we're just telling the things that I wish I would have been told as, as I was building the business. And I tell everybody, I wish somebody would have coached me building my business, but I probably wouldn't have listened. Yeah. I really had to go through the school of hard knocks to figure all this shit out. So, and and we're just sharing it in an unfiltered, you know, way, because this is just how I talk everywhere. And, you know, It's resonating with people because 15 minute episodes with at the end, you're getting tactics that you can immediately employ, you know, in your business to help you go bigger with it.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, like you kind of mentioned, we talked about it, that one episode hit hit home for me, because in my friendship circle, I'm the only entrepreneur, like in my inner friendship circle. So one thing that I also wanted to highlight, and I'd love the uh, for you to share with the audience, too, is that sometimes we get like told from our friends or our family, like, yeah, you're doing so great. You're doing so good, because we're sharing the good stuff. But sometimes we feel like if we have those struggles, we don't know who to share it with, or if we want our mind to be stimulated and uh, you know start being pushed to another level we don't have those friends because we are always great on our circle but we're not going to be able to do better you know if we stay like by getting told we're great we're great so for maybe for entrepreneurs that are that circle and they feel good right now and they feel like scared to jump off a little bit more what would you say to them
0: you know a fascinating thing happened to me. So I run some masterminds for podcasters and and for you know business owners. And I built this mastermind and I put it in there, probably the most elite badasses that I had coached up to this point. In the first meeting um, with this group of people, I took them through basically my normal mastermind process. Mm-hmm. And when we got to the end, every mastermind meeting, I asked, oh, hey, how to go? Go, what are your takeaways? And the first gal popped off and it was Laura DeFranco. And she goes, You know, Donnie, is this it? I said, What? She goes, Is this this the level that you're going to teach this at? I'm like, Well, tell me more. She goes, If this is it, this isn't what I signed up for. You need to go bigger. Next gal, boom, I got to go bigger. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to like seven, you know, ladies that look right at me and are like, Yeah, dude, you've got to hit this a lot higher. And I went, Oh shit. My current level of Donnie wasn't high enough to take these ladies to the next level so the next meeting i came in fucking just charged up and really pushed and you could feel the energy shift of the room
1: did you so, feel your ego getting hurt when they said that
0: no fuck no i needed that that feedback right i because you know i if, if i'm not challenging and pushing somebody then i'm not doing what they signed up for right that's 100 percent on me and I respected the fuck out of them that they had the courage to, to say that because most people aren't going to. But when you get around the right badasses, you're going to be like, look, what the fuck is this? Uh-uh, let's go. And and it was a great lesson learned for me. And I think you know, for people that may be intimidated to go bigger or whatever else, go after the clients that freak you out. Go after the clients you're not ready in your head to handle because they're going to force you to level up. They're going to force you to go bigger. And when those gals challenged me, I went, fuck it, if I'd been playing it too safe, right? If i have been playing it too close to the cuff, you know, and then I had to up my game. And those ladies are so kicking ass right now. I'm so proud of what they've accomplished. And it's because they forced me to level up my game. So it's partially about getting around the badasses, but it's also, I think, the best way I can explain it is there used to be this arcade. Remember the old stand-up arcades they used to have in the malls? Are you that old? Probably not. You're no. young as hell. So back when they had these big ass malls, but also
1: there, I moved here in 2009. So <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, okay. So they used to have these stand-up arcades, right? So they have okay. like these old Pac-Man games and whatnot. So it was like a Nintendo, but it was a standalone, you know, machine that you went, you put a quarter in, and played. Well, there was this game called Dragon Lance. And so basically it was, you were looking at a cartoon character on a screen and he was battling a dragon. And the way it worked is where well, there would be a flash on the screen. when that flash happened, you slammed the remote in the direction of that flash. And if you got the timing and everything right, your character would do his 3D automation and move and you wouldn't be killed by the dragon. Okay. Right. I sucked at this game. I was so bad at this fucking game, but I loved the concept of it. So I blew a lot of money. trying because I wanted to watch the whole cartoon play out, but I think life is very much like this game. I think often a flash of light happens and it's usually the universe saying, well, that probably scares the shit out of you, but this is the direction I need you to go. So when that fear pops up, slam that fucking remote, go straight at that direction and do that thing you fear. Cause it's not about overcoming a fear. It's about who you become going through that fear and that evolution. And you have to go through that evolution. You have to get punched in the face because you have to level up. And in any moment of your journey, if life is comfortable, you're not going big enough. If there's not chaos, you're not going big enough. If things aren't breaking, you're not going big enough because it's in the moment of chaos breaking. It's in a moment of shit going south that you're actively involving and learning how to not let that kind of stuff happen again. So you get punched in the face, you duck, you get punched again, you duck, you get punched again, you duck, and then you keep moving forward.
1: What would you say, I don't believe necessarily in mistakes, I believe we have learning lessons, but what would you say was your biggest mistake slash a life learning lesson for you?
0: Put myself on an island. And what I mean by that as an entrepreneur, it's very, very, very quick, easy to lock yourself away, not put yourself out there and try and do it all on your own and not seek advice, not surround yourself with badasses. So if I could tell any entrepreneur anything, don't be an island don't do this shit on your own. Go find a group of people. Go find a mastermind. Go find a collective group of badasses. Go find mentors. Go find people that have either been through or are going through that become your sounding board to learn, adapt, and get advice from. If you just try and do it on your own, it's going to kick your ass most likely because it did me. Yeah. And I've got a pretty gregarious, you know, personality. I'm I'm I got a pretty big ego. So it was a humbling experience for me to realize that I really need to ask for advice and, you know, be around other people so I could put myself out there.
1: And I have another question before we jump to sure. the to some rapid questions with choices that I want you to do and uh, the final questions. Entrepreneurship sometimes it's a lonely experience and often people, you know, quit because they feel like they've tried everything, they feel very lonely and they just don't know what to do next. So besides networking what would you say how to like, what would you recommend? Because sometimes you can go in depression, it can go even worse. It's, it's a roller coaster. What would you say to those entrepreneurs There are hitting that lonely moment or maybe they are about to, they're feeling a lot lonely because they feel like the unicorn or the weirdo of the group?
0: Um, if you don't love it, quit it. Turn it off. Get out right building so a, a lot of
1: people say like continue 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 yeah, there's
0: no point of fucking beating your head against a wall mm. if you don't love building a business i want to punch the guy in the face that said you know do what you love and you never work a day in your life that guy's a fucking idiot i've never worked so hard in my life than running a business and and look at the end of the day if you're fucking miserable stop quit yeah. throw in a fucking towel and go do something else Right, and and the problem is, but keep chasing shit that you don't love. Then it's not gonna work because you're not gonna be able to turn the corner. I'm not saying I've loved everything about building a business. There's still some shit like paying taxes. I don't fucking love paying taxes, but I got to do it. Right? I don't think anybody does. (laughs) (laughs) You know. So there's shit you got to do that you don't love. But if you're absolutely distraught, miserable, quit. Go do something else. Life is too fucking short to be that miserable. Yeah. Um, now, I will tell you that most successful entrepreneurs are just idiots who hung on longer than anybody else would have and, you know, or were, were took it more on the chin. So ask yourself before you make that leap, am I miserable because I'm just in the grind or am I miserable because I fucking hate this? And If you mm-hmm. hate it, stop.
1: And if you're in the grind, if you just need one more, you know, somebody yeah. to give you the hand and help you or mentor you, then stick yep. with it.
0: Yep, Absolutely.
1: I love it. And uh, as far as Texas, you guys, you audience, wherever you're living from, just move to Texas and Florida. We don't got state taxes around here. Uh, it's pretty nice. I have to say that.
0: <laughs> I don't know. California people are moving everywhere. So stand by. <laughs> we
1: more than welcome you guys. You know, just avoid taxes. There in California, I feel like half of your salary is taxes. Right. As in San Francisco, there is some ridiculous like island tax, California tax, San Francisco tax, like a $5 tab end up being $50. And I'm like, what the, what is this, <laughs> man. I'm not moving here. All right. Got some quick rapid questions. Uh, would you recommend mentor or therapist for entrepreneurs? Mentor. Mentor. Uh, Instagram or LinkedIn? Ooh.
0: I do LinkedIn more than Instagram, but wherever your people are.
1: So depending on the audience. Yeah. Podcast or YouTube?
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> Man, I, I, I think it depends on where you are. Driving, podcast, somewhere you got a time to watch the body language of the host and everything else, YouTube.
1: You think you also maybe need to go through like training to make sure your body language is proper for YouTube videos? Because you can be I, great for radio, but for TV, well, not as good. People
0: say I got a face for radio all day long. So, I mean, but I, I think, you know, as long as you're showing up as you, you're fine.
1: Sales or marketing?
0: Um, I think sales wins every time marketing is a supplement to sales. And I think you absolutely need marketing without some sort of marketing. You're not going to win, but hands down, if the company can't, can't sell, they have no business.
1: Lion or Eagle? Lion. Lion.
0: They're the King, man. <laughs> Fucking. And, and for, for guys though, the lions, the women do all the work. The guy just shows up and eat and goes back. And so, so I want that lifestyle so
1: (laughs) oh my goodness
0: my wife would kill me if she heard me say that
1: oh (laughs) so let's let's kind of wrap it up i know we covered a lot of you know a lot of topics you guys i definitely would love to have donnie uh back on the show again once the you know the whole event which i'm sure you're going to tell us about the new and exciting project that you're working on let's share that cool news with the audience actually
0: So we have a bunch of things. One, go listen to Growth Mode podcast. Mm -hmm. But two, the Badass Business Summit is our kind of keystone event where we bring in badass speakers, badass people from around the world, Um, all converge in Arlington, Texas in September 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Uh, We're going to do a live podcast there with Kevin and I. We're going to do a live Growth Mode show, Um, some phenomenal lineup of speakers, some amazing networking, trade show, and... and the like. So you can go to badassbusinesssummit.com to come to that. But this one's really going to focus on growing and scaling your business. So if you're trying to figure out how to get to the next level, this is 100% where you want to be.
1: Yes, I mean, you guys is absolutely worth it. Just even just joining the group on Facebook, which what we'll do is, uh, we'll actually put the the links on the show notes for my lazy listeners. You don't have to type anything; it's just a <laughs> click away. Uh, that's it, just a click, you guys.
0: And guys, do me a favor. If you got any sort of nuggets or value out of this show, do room Mina the greatest thing and teach somebody else how to subscribe to her show. As a fellow podcast man, I know that, that the reviews and all that are beautiful and great, but subscribers are what makes the shows go bigger. So make sure you subscribe to the show make sure you teach somebody else how to subscribe to the show it's literally like you walked up and gave her a virtual hug so yes. help her out by by subscribing and at least teach one other person how to subscribe to the show
1: yes i love hugs you guys and i love subscriptions so wherever you're getting your podcast juice from go ahead and hit that subscribe button and if it's apple podcast give us a five-star review and a comment tell us how amazing we're doing Now, before we jump to the very last question, which I know I'm biased every time, it's my favorite question. Any last thing you want to leave the audience with?
0: Nope, just go big.
1: People always ask
0: me what they can do for me, and the answer is go big.
1: And here comes the final question. What's your definition of success, Donnie?
0: Success for me is freedom. It's really simple. It's the freedom of choice. Freedom to do what I want, when I want, how I want. It's a freedom to run my business. It's a freedom to run the ninety hours a week that I choose to work. It's a freedom to have my farm and still run five companies. It's a freedom to to do almost anything I want without anybody ever looking at me and telling me what to do. So go back to the beginning of the show. I can't stand somebody telling me what to do. But that sounds very
1: freedom. American of you.
0: <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm Perfect. good. With-
1: donnie thank you so much for being a part of coffee with romina podcast we did have a virtual coffee cheers you guys (laughs) salute you guys i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i enjoyed the conversation with donnie just a quick reminder to go ahead and look at all his links and connect with him and go ahead and purchase the ticket for the badass business summit also make sure to hit subscribe button again you guys so you do not miss next week's episode because we are going to have a copywriter next week yes we are going to have a copywriter so this way you would be able to stay on top of your game whenever you post anything business related on any social media platforms from you Romina I hope you have an amazing rest of the week and I'll talk to you guys again next week bye This podcast is a 67 Radius production. To learn more about 67 Radius, our services, and how we can help you strategize your marketing and increase your sales, click the service tab on connectwithramina.com.